0: Attention all you sex fiends, sinners, degenerates, and deviants. If you're looking for a hot new sex toy, now is your chance. Sex toys don't care about what's in between your legs, and that's the sign of a true ally. Go to either B-Vibe or Lewand and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase. That's S-E-X-E-D-W-I-T-H-T-I-M for 20% off anything you buy from their websites. Check the show notes for more details. Once again, that's with tim for 20 percent off both b vibe and lawan products your next orgasm is on me Mwah! the sex ed with tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations including the mississaugas of the credit the anishinavik the chippewa the Danishoni, and the wendat peoples and is now home to many diverse first nations inuit and metis people we acknowledge that toronto is covered by treaty 13 signed with the mississaugas of the credit and the Williams Treaty signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with (laughs) Tim. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I'm a certified sex educator. I identify as a KOT homosexual. And one time, I was waiting forever at the tantric sex seminar. It took so long for the speaker to come. (laughs) No. Um... (laughs) Please feel free to laugh if you thought that was funny, Christine. (laughs) Oh, God. This is the part of the show where everyone just leaves already. Because, like, all right, bye. No more dad jokes. (laughs) But um, (laughs) on to more serious matters. Uh, Listeners, we are going to be talking about BDSM and intimacy. Oh, my God. Love it. And I have the one and only intimacy architect herself this christian bella how are you Christiane? oh
1: i am so fantastic thank you for having me on tim i love coming and playing and talking about sex and i love your sexy dad jokes that's
0: hilarious my sexy dad jokes uh that's usually what is like the hook you know it gets people in and then they find out i'm trash i'm like okay we'll see where this trash leads into (laughs) but it's okay we're all just filthy little slutty little meh (laughs) um but yeah this is awesome i love that we're getting in touch and we're talking about BDSM and intimacy because two things I love uh, and who better than to talk about this than an intimacy architect. So first of all, let's start off with what is exactly an intimacy architect and how you got started?
1: Yeah. So, um, an intimacy architect is someone who uses different tools and modalities to build a life they love. So we're constantly either consciously or subconsciously, uh, co-creating with the universe uh, our lives and we can either be consciously <laughs> making that effort um, and creating changes and building up the things that we want and creating a foundation that actually supports the life that we want to have that is an intimate life because we're in relationship with everything whether or not you realize it from inanimate objects to actual people whether it's someone you're dating a friend a co-worker we're in relationship with all things all the time. So it's like, what types of relationships are you building? And the most important one is with yourself because you can't escape yourself, you know? So you're always going to be with you, right? For better or for worse. (laughs) So you can choose to build a life that you love for yourself And so I help people to refine the tools that they're using in order to really build the life that they love, a one that is an intimate one that brings pleasure and joy. Um, So I'm all about shedding the shame and just really blossoming into whatever you're passionate about, whatever your your kink or your fetish or your joy, whatever lights you up, wherever that spark is, how do you give yourself permission to follow it and have fun with it? So um, yeah, my journey actually began in the yoga world and with uh, kundalini yoga, which is a type of yoga that helps to wake up the chakra system and, and connect the energy from our spiritual self to our physical self. And um, part of that is to study white Tantra, which is actually the aspect of Tantra that has nothing to do with sex at all. Um, and it is all about this kind of purifying of the body and mind in order to drop into these deeper places and then kind of weave the taboo things of life together because we tend to if you know if something happens to us Or, or there's just things, you know, society tells us we, we aren't supposed to like or do we start to break off from them. So I help you reintegrate all those pieces, because if we are separating, then we're not really there. So that's often when people are like, Oh, my sex life sucks, or my job sucks. It's like, because you've detached from parts of yourself. And you can't show up fully. So um so yeah, intimacy architecture is about this this uniting and building to really enjoy the juiciness of life.
0: I love that. And you got into your intimacy architect career from yoga? Yeah. Like Yeah, so it's I love been
1: that. a journey that started in like 2007. So I don't even know how many years now <laughs> where are we at? 15, eight something. You do not know. Um and, uh, and then, yeah, so what um, what happened was yoga was helping me with my own um, physical trauma from a car accident, which I, I wasn't expecting it to be so deeply emotional healing. And I started to be able to unpack a lot of sexual abuse, trauma, um, a lot of old shame stories. I grew up Catholic and all that bullshit. Um, so just like unraveling. Yep. <laughs> unraveling all of that. And then more and more people were showing up. You know, starting out as like, oh, we're going to do a yoga class, but it, never, it, it became a therapy session. It became like, let me tell you all about all the problems I have and my husband and my kids and and this and I've never had sex and I've never had an orgasm. And, and I was the person in high school who everybody came to was like, how do I give a blowjob? How do I do this? Like, um, you know, where do I go get like my first vibrator? Like I was that person. <laughs> And so after this kept showing up, I was like, you know, I'm going to trust the universe. Like this is showing up for a reason. So then I actually opted to become a chaplain, which is a non-denominational spiritual counselor. Because as a sex therapist, depending on which state you are and where you are, most licensed therapists cannot touch their clients. Um, And I wanted to be able to use touch. I saw how much um, physical therapy, how much yoga, how much hands-on body work was vital in the healing process. And so I kind of found this little loophole so I could be a chaplain, so I could be a counselor and and a spiritual aficionado um, and still be able to touch people. (laughs) And so I I married all of that together and started intimacy architecture in, I think it was like 2015. Um, I did a talk in Las Vegas um, uh, and it was called the Authority Makers Boot Camp. Um, and so I did that. That was my first time I debuted the, um, acronym I came up with, which is catch, which is a way to teach consent and boundaries. It's since become a Ted talk. So you can find that. And, uh, yeah. And so then it's just built over the years and, um, and yoga and BDSM was one of the things that, I just had this aha moment, and I was like, these go together like peanut butter and jelly. They're meant to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you can also use peanut butter and jelly in BDSM.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to lick this jam off my toe like a little rat. Oh, my God. That's my dom side coming out. Every now and then, she loves to... dip her figurative toe into bdsm pool um, <laughs> and i've you know actually dabbled in bdsm um i haven't dabbled in bdsm in such a while now with the lockdowns and everything i need to uh, I'm so bdsm deprived ah
1: <laughs> yeah i know i've been trying to figure out a way to bring more of it online and and um and i've had some stuff where you know like you could you can do a good amount virtually i have to say i've been yeah. really impressed in in the ability to still tap into that subspace and and get the that uh, yeah that that uh, i don't that electricity that you you have mm-hmm. when you're in a session yeah
0: Yeah. Or I'll just wear a cock cage in public transit. How about that?
1: (laughs) You know, we got it. We got to make do with what we got these days.
0: We make do with what we have. (laughs) Um, I want to rewind a little bit because you threw your acronym CATCH. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So um, CATCH is to connect. Um, So you first are connecting in with yourself, kind of evaluating where you are. And what you're in a space for, and then you're checking into like how are you associating with somebody else. So you know, is this a coworker? Is it um, a lover? What is what is the relationship that you're you're looking for? Do you want to be besties with this person? What does that what does that look like? Uh, and then you're gonna get um, the consent to actually talk about that. You know, like what are we discussing? What are we up for? So I use this with friends of mine. It's like, hey, I'm having a really hard time. Are you in a headspace to listen to me? download and what does that look like do I just need to vent am I actually looking for feedback um so you know when we think about consent and boundaries I think you know we often put it in this box of like I'm going to set a boundary to say you can't ever do this again it's like that's really boundaries and consent are about your own inner space and what works for you not so much telling somebody else what they can or can't do so um so yeah so you first kind of connect in see where you're at see what you're feeling you know where your energy levels are, how you're associating, then how are you going to like talk and, and approach this conversation? Um, so that could be, you know, are we having a safer sex talk? Are you in a, are you at work? Maybe now's not the time to discuss whether or not, you know, it's cool if we give each other hand jobs. <laughs> <It's> like...
0: <laughs> not in front of my boss, babe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and then the C comes back around to checking in. So, you know, if you have had a deep conversation, you know, checking in with yourself, checking in with each other, If you just uh, finished sharing something emotional, like, how are you feeling? What is maybe, you know, the aftercare that's needed or what's the next step that you want to go through? And then finally, um, the H is the actual physical aspect of when we meet people, are we, and I think it's so funny now because I've been doing this for years before it became like, oh, don't touch me, but it's the, you know, head nod over a handshake or a hug. That, you know, to just be willing to greet somebody with a head nod and be like, I see you, I acknowledge you, and then I'm going to check in and see, do you want to actually touch me? Do you want a handshake? Do you want a hug? Like, what what would that look like? So um, I created Catch as a way, I was doing a lot of work with people who, and I'm also neurodivergent, it's a very big umbrella, neurodivergent, Um, so a lot of the people I were working with were on the more extreme end of autism, Um, some people who weren't verbal, And so I wanted a way to teach them about boundaries that could be playful because these were people, you know, some of them were like seven years old. It was a really wide range. And it was like, this is like a game. Like you wouldn't just throw a ball at someone, right? You would be like, hey, do you want to play catch with me? How are we doing this? What does that look like? But that it works for anyone, you know, adults as well about like, hey, you want to talk about sex, you can kind of check in with this acronym to see, all right, am I doing the things? Like, am I connecting with myself? What's the association I'm looking for? What's the kind of talk we want to have? And checking back in. And then, yeah, the H becomes kind of like the catch-all for like, okay, how are we actually physically interacting now? Yeah.
0: Ooh, I love that. Okay, I'm going to recap. So I know that I'm absorbing that. So uh, you got Catching connect. no checking connect. so catch. C A T C H. Yeah. Uh C is to check in or no, is that the second one? That's
1: the second one. Yeah. So you that's first you're so, connecting with yourself, right? Because that's the first connect. relationship we have. Like if yeah, I'm not in the space to interact with you, I'm gonna just be like, Okay, that's it, we're done. Like I'm I'm not even gonna go through it. it's like, nope, I need a nap, I need to make sure I need to go eat something. <laughs> like what, where am I at? <laughs> so yeah, so right, it's right. it's first connecting with yourself, yeah
0: connecting with yourself. And then A, is the act? Is
1: is association, like how are we, you know, associating? How are we then kind of, um, yeah, interacting with other people? What is it? Because I've, I've met people and they're like, oh my God, I love you. And like, can we swap phone numbers? I'm like, you can follow me on Instagram. Like, you know, there's a level to which it's like, how do I want to associate with you? You know? And what does that mm. really look like? Because you may want to be besties, but that in my world, like I'm someone who like, how i'm so shitty about returning text messages so if you need me to like text you back right away like these are like you know fine-tuning what exactly does this association this relationship look like yeah
0: right right and then the t is
1: is talking is like you know consent and boundaries around types of conversations we're having and and what does you know what is appropriate and when and what are the rules or boundaries around that Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's such an important thing to, I hear this from partners all the time. People are like, oh, I say this to my husband and he never listens. I was like, were you yelling it from the other room or did you actually, were you having a a consent? Did you say, Hey, are you in a space to listen to, I need to tell you something. Can we talk about this? Like that's, you know, taking time to really be clear about, yeah, what is the talk that we're having?
0: Right, the talk, and then checking in, and then it's the how, the H, is the how are we going to engage and uh, move forward or whatever else. Okay, so I feel like the reason I was having trouble getting all that is because I'm very, very terrified of intimacy, Um, which is why I think I had so much difficulty um, catching that acronym. (laughs) and uh, we're going to unpack that in therapy but um for anyone listening that isn't exactly you know fully aware of what intimacy is could you explain to us a little bit more what does it mean to be intimate not just with ourselves but with our partners or anyone else for that matter
1: yeah it's it's really embracing vulnerability and and vulnerability i think you know thank you Brené Brown for making vulnerability the buzzword that everybody like is throwing around these days. Um, And so intimacy is, is not just a sexual act, which I think we tend to put it under that umbrella, but it's this willing to be in a deeper relationship and awareness of yourself as well as what and who you're connecting with around you. So the idea of getting vulnerable, of being willing to be transparent to say, you know, here's what I'm still processing. Like, I think a great, I'll give you an example. I'm dating somebody new and we were hanging out last night and, um, I don't even know quite how we got on the topic, but he's like, yeah, I'm still processing through, um, forgiving myself. And I'm like, oh my God, we're getting vulnerable and intimate. This is so, I like, it's, it's my foreplay. I'm like, yeah, tell me about emotional intelligence stuff. I love it.
0: (laughs) Scary, scary. Oh God. I want to run away.
1: So yeah, it's it's the willingness and and this is where vulnerability becomes like a very how to like fine-tune it, right? Because there's a difference between I'm going to uh just emotionally dump and vomit like all over you and just be like, let me tell you about all of my childhood wounds and everything that's horrible that's ever happened to me. That's not necessarily being vulnerable. That is almost a defensive oversharing to kind of Do this avoidant attachment thing. So you know, being vulnerable is like okay. I'm I'm sitting with something that maybe I would have guarded, but I'm going to be willing because I feel like this is a safe space for that to to engage with you and say you know I have something that's on my heart. Um, I you know here's a challenge I'm experiencing. So the idea of being intimate is is to find this tenderness and this deep compassion in relationship to yourself and the people around you.
0: Yeah. So it's not necessarily like unloading your traumas onto another person, is it?
1: Yeah. You it's... know, and of course it's, it's good to know. Like I definitely, when I, when I'm dating somebody new, I want to know that they're like doing their work if, if they've had some experiences. So for example, this person was in the military and I was like, so yeah, have you done some therapy for PTSD? Like what's, you know, where are you at? Um, because we all have shit and it's like, it's totally cool. And none of us are going to have it all together or all processed, but it's really important to me that you're aware of your shit and you're working on it. And so, yeah, so when you, you know, and I I love that Brene Brown says, she, you know, she has, uh, she calls it her like post-it method that you don't just share your shit with everybody. It's, you know, you have a select group of people who you trust enough to give you healthy feedback, if you need that to be that safe container to say, like, okay, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to share this, I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to open up. Like I said, we're in relationship with everything. And so the depth of intimacy with with the people around us, you get to decide who has that privilege. And, and it's, you know, I think it's important to share when it's relevant. So if, you know, if I meet somebody and they're like, Oh my God, I, you know, I had this abuse trauma and I'm like, okay, I can empathize with that. What are you looking for? Are you looking for somebody to say like, Hey, you're not alone. I share this story. Do you just need to get this off your back? Am I, if I'm in the space to hold that, I'll, I'll listen to you. Otherwise I'll refer you a therapist. Um, <laughs> you know, is it just something where you just want to be seen and? You know, and so getting to decide the degree to which you want to be intimate with people, and and I think you know when we look at it from a sexual standpoint, for women, and I I hate to like gender profile here, but as as society we've been taught that men want sex, and uh, and they don't talk about their feelings, and women want to feel things, and then they can have sex, and it's like to some degree, we've played those out. And I feel like now it's changing as we dismantle gender in this world. And um, But there is this degree to which being emotionally invested does open a door to our sexuality that maybe doesn't get accessed if you're only playing in the sexual field you know if you're just like oh man you're fucking hot let's do this is a different type of sex than you've seen me at my best and my worst and everything in between and I know I'm in a safe space to allow myself to be vulnerable if something comes up we can flow through this and kind of weave in and out of, of what we need to give and receive with one another.
0: Ooh, okay, I like that. I want to share a quick little story that's kind of like resonating with me right now with that vulnerability. So um I'm currently seeing an escort and I've been seeing him for the last four years now. And sex is great, you know, I mean, it's routine and everything. But over the years, we've gone to know each other really, really well. And there was one night where he decided to open up about his family history and his childhood traumas and like the time where he got sexually assaulted and he was really like you know opening up and we were uh, like in bed naked already done with the sex and he started crying and i don't know what it was about it but like i got it sounds so awful but like i got turned on <laughs> by how vulnerable he was was that intimate or was that just like trauma bonding
1: no i mean yeah it is right it's it's a it's a there can be a lot of gray area there but you know that that is intimacy like you know as long as you were like not like hey time out i actually don't want to fucking hear this like <laughs> then then yeah then there's like intimacy and and of course. If we have a similar experience, I mean, that's, you know, we have mirror neurons for a reason, like science, our brains are just wired to be like, oh my God, I see myself in you. I see myself in that story. So there is a degree to which we are going to bond with the familiar. Now, I think when it becomes trauma bonding is when you start deliberately triggering each other to activate the, the trauma things in order to be like, now the abandonment like, oh, you won't leave me because you know I've been wounded. You know, that's where it becomes like trauma bonding. If I'm just like, you know, I, I have circles with women um who have sexual abuse trauma, I have sexual abuse trauma. So we can come together and it's like, okay, I I understand where you're coming from. There's sort of a, a groundwork already in place of of a certain level of empathy and awareness and compassion that comes with I'm familiar with that, you know, um but it's not like we're deliberately poking at each other to try to get this thing that will ensure that like we don't get left behind kind of thing. And that's where I think, you know, then you cross over. So yeah, you know, it's like, he's, he's sharing, he's being vulnerable. You're, you're creating a a deeper uh, connection in the relationship because now you're more aware and you can have more compassion and understanding to, to who he is and, and, and the journey that he's been through. Yeah, I think that's that's just a beautiful example of
0: intimacy. I think so, too, because it like our relationship does evolve over time because it used to be escort client all the way, jump forward to four years where it's now like we're friends. Like we're able to distinguish what is the sex that we're having between like, is it work Or is it just two friends having sex? And I feel like that's really nice that we can have that kind of conversation.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, that is beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And I've had similar things with clients of mine where it's like, at some point, it's like, you know this is, yeah, it's crossed the line of like, I don't need to, th- this isn't a service exchange anymore. Like we're actually in a deeper connection and a different d- relationship dynamic. And um, yeah. And that you know, I've had people who I end up like, we just, we become play partners or they become part of my social group. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that you guys have, have had that evolution and can make that distinction between like, okay, now my work hat is on. This is like, yeah. Versus like we're in friend zone.
0: My friends with benefits hat is going on too. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. I want to let you in on a little bit of a secret. So, did you know I have a Patreon? For as little as a dollar fifty a month, you can access all of these episodes early and without these pesky fucking ads. I know they're so annoying. Trust me, but. Girls gotta pay the bills, right? (laughs) And then if you want to pay a little bit more, you get access to some bonus episodes. Plus, you can also access the exclusive Sex Ed With Tim Discord, where you get one-on-one time with me every month. We can talk about anything that you want. It can be like a sex ed kind of thing, or just a little kiki 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 if you want some advice on sex, dating, love, whatever. I highly suggest you don't because I don't even know if I'm taking the advice that I give out. But hey, it's all fun, and I hope you subscribe. I will see you on the other side of this ad. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's d a l e k u d a.com and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me. 25% off and cherry on top free shipping oh my god (laughs) i have a few of the stuff that he has made for me and Girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there and I'm on the train. I'm just like, oh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's DaleCuda.com with the code sexedwithtim for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets. <laughs> the show is about to begin yes so using like a that kind of relationship as an example is there such a thing as being too intimate too soon
1: hmm. um you know i'm a pisces i definitely tend to get very romantic like i had to stop myself because i've only been dating this guy for maybe like six weeks and I had to stop myself yesterday from being like, I love you. Cause I'm like, okay, like, yes, like I feel these deep feelings, but like, do we need to like throw these words and labels out this soon? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, 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 being aware of your traumas and knowing your attachment style, if you have a tendency and a pattern where you want to divulge all of these things because you have a fear of abandonment and so you want to kind of like be like, well, I want you to know everything about me. So if you're going to leave, then you leave now, you know, notice these patterns because we don't necessarily need to, to unpack all of our stuff on, on date one however I think it is important to be authentic so if you know you're a kinky queer polyamorous person like I let that be known right away I'm like look here's the deal because if you're not playing in that playground then this isn't going to work you know so there's certain things I think it's important to be aware of and so yeah if if you're like okay I have a certain um, sexual identity that I gravitate towards or a certain relationship style that I gravitate towards Um, maybe I have a a really important trigger that needs to be noted. You know, I, have dated people who are like, have a heavy PTSD and it's like, okay, you know, I don't really like to be out in public. So if we're going to hang out, it needs to be in a quiet space or it needs to be out in nature. These are things that I think it's like, okay, well, what is the container? You know, if you have certain like, Hey, this is the container that I need to work with. That's important to be like upfront, let it be known have that conversation because you want to know right away if you guys are playing in the same container. (laughs) Otherwise, you know, there's not really a point in, in, investing a lot of time and energy in that. Then I think once you've kind of established, Hey, we have like a similar style, there's a lot of overlaps here. Then it goes back to, you know, check in be like, you know, I'm someone who I really like to feel emotionally invested. I like to feel seen. Are you open to having some deeper conversations because there's things I want to share with you um, versus just being like, you know, I think it, check in with yourself and being like, am I saying this because I'm doing it out of fear or am I saying this because I I'm feeling like this is my most authentic place to to be transparent and I'm wanting to be seen because I, I'm loving and appreciating who I am as I am and I want to share that versus like I'm afraid this person might leave so I, I either want to try to push them away by dumping on them or I'm like testing to see what what is the the point to which they're like they're gonna hit the road
0: yeah <laughs> oh no you're gonna love bomb them in order for to make them like dependent on you or something or like oh god uh. Uh, listen i think it's one of two things that makes me intimate averse it's because i have an anxious attachment style or it's because i'm an aquarius um <laughs> pick your poison whichever one but like just the thought of that kind of intimacy is scary and i am working on it, and i think i'm getting better at it but you know practice Um, over time we'll we'll get there people we'll we'll make tim intimate we're gonna make tim timid um (laughs) um but this kind of intimacy the whenever i hear you personally speak about intimacy it does sound a little like it's reserved for a specific relationship now please correct me if i'm wrong can this kind of intimate conversation exist within something like friends with benefits or just a casual sex kind of thing because it does sound more designed for long-term couples but that's just my impression
1: no i mean it's definitely i think in order to stay in a long-term relationship you need to be doing intimate work otherwise you're going to get really bored with that person really quick it's going to you know be very surface and 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 a lot of the things in long-term relationships people feel like they're missing is is what we would throw in the intimacy umbrella. Now, if you're looking at something like casual sex, like, yeah, you know, I've had casual sex. That's very like intimate. Um, I've also had casual sex where I'm like, I don't even remember that fucking person's name. So, uh, so, you know, it's, it's again, up to you to what, what do you need to feel present and, you know, and in that space, we we all have different degrees of, of intimacy that we require. Um, and so, you know, this this can show up with family members like I have a family member who I recently I was like, if I can't talk about my job and I can't talk about my relationships, then what the fuck are we talking about? Because talking about weather and bullshit like that bores me that, you know, that does nothing for me. So I'd almost rather us not hang out anymore because I don't feel like we have an intimate Connection. I don't feel like I can actually be my authentic self around you. And so, with friends with benefits or, or something casual, I think is the same thing. It's like, do you feel like you have to dim or hide or alter yourself in such a way that it feels uncomfortable or disassociating or disconnecting from who you are? Because then you're not having a level of intimacy. And, and maybe that's fine with you. Maybe you're like, Hey, I actually do not want to know anything about this person. And I don't want them to know anything about me. We're just going to hit it, quit it. And it's cool. You know, you can absolutely go that route, but yeah, with friends with benefits or something like casual sex, I think there is a degree to which you can voice how you want to be seen and and what your bandwidth is for, for witnessing and, and interacting with somebody and wanting to know some things about them and and feel like they um, can be transparent.
0: I like that you're saying this because this happened to me very recently. Um, One of my casual sex partners, uh, we've been seeing each other for the last two years now. And he is like uh, older than me. I think he's about 30 years older than me. So he's like the next generation before. And for some reason, I would always feel like I was being left out if he ever told me about like his current like uh sex situation like he's having two people over for a threesome and i always felt like why not me (laughs) like what am i not good enough for you and it felt like so bad because i'm like why do i have to depend on him for sexual gratification like am i not good enough for it and then he told me about like how he has different needs um the kind of sex i offer is not something that he wants all the time it's something that he wants at specific times and i've really needed that kind of validation and also um he clarified about like our different love languages i'm physical touch and words of affirmation he is physical touch but not in the way that i give it he likes more kinky touch rather than my sensual slash sexual touch and that really opened my eyes and like okay um Now this is kind of clarifying where our sex is going to be the next time we have sex. This is going to help me, you know, act better because you do have a husband and I don't want to, like, be all touchy-feely with you. And, um, you know, I I just, I need, I needed that kind of clarification, that intimate conversation rather. And it really opened my eyes to so many things. Oh, the beauty of actually letting your guard down. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) terrifying. Yeah, no, I mean being transparent is is not an easy thing. We we're so I think trained to not look at ourselves. I mean, especially in this modern day where it's like everything's on screens, look at other people's lives, look at what other people are doing. And and so to look inward and be like How do I actually feel? What what's actually going on with me um, is such a foreign idea to us, and it can be really frightening because we're like, "Fuck! If I don't like what I see, I'm like stuck with me. What do I do?" Um, And so, you know, it's to know that whatever is going on, whatever you begin to witness, you co-created that, and you can change it. And changing things are not—it's not as difficult as you would think. You know, it's like these small incremental steps that you can take that start to shift something. If you discover something you don't like about yourself, but odds are going inward, you're going to actually start to realize how fucking awesome you are and how amazing you are. And like you said, then you, you get to be clearer on what your love languages are. And I love, I wish I could remember who it is, but there's somebody out right now who kind of took a new twist on love languages from this space of um, more of this, like um, how our nervous system works. And looking at the love languages from a perspective of like, how is it feeding your nervous system? Um, so that's a really cool take on it. I think, especially in, in a time when people are doing this like deeper inner trauma work and, and being more aware of, of what's going on on this more sensory level um, as opposed to um, the more traditional love languages, which are like gifts and acts of service, which I think are super important to know what, what you love to get as well as what you love to give, you know, because just because, you know, my love languages is, um, is quality time doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like someone who's going to like reach out to you and, and create quality time. I That's what I want to receive. But it, it is, you know, So so it's also knowing like the love languages you're good at giving as well as the love languages that fill your cup.
0: Mm, Yeah, like for me, I like to give physical touch, but I like to receive words of affirmation. There you go. Yeah, just like how I like for using our relationship as an example, we like or I like to give him a massage and he likes to call me his son. And I'm like, oh, you're such a good boy. I'm like, oh my god, I like being, like my praise kink. Ah! <laughs> it really, it really, um, like turns me on just when I think about it. And um, like that's what we do when we incorporate kink in our uh, scenes and our sessions and everything. And uh, oh, speaking of kink, um, it's really great that like he uses kink in. Um, in a way that's very healthy and we can like unpack any sort of like trauma. And I know that like you specialize in using BDSM or kink or whatever as a physical uh, therapy, right? So with my daddy, we're just going to call him daddy for the time being. (laughs) With daddy, uh, he has rheumatoid arthritis. So when he, engages in BDSM with me, uh, he finds that the arthritis flare-ups are not as uh, severe. And I find that really interesting. I just don't know what the science or whatever, the mechanisms are going on behind that. So I was wondering if you could clarify for us, how exactly does BDSM contribute to physical therapy?
1: Yeah. So what you're doing is there's a change in the cortisol levels. So the cortisol is when we are in fight or flight mode, our brain is like cortisol to try to like dumb, uh, numb the pain and like you know help us regulate. The problem is um, when we have something like rheumatoid arthritis or other autoimmune diseases or or um, a lot of like PTSD, complex trauma that cortisol is flooding all the time. So it actually almost like over like wears out the nervous system. So then when you're playing, you actually kind of get this, this balance that kicks in. Um, So the cortisol levels shift and, and other stuff starts to kick in. Oxytocin starts to kick in. Serotonin starts to kick in. So you have like the good brain drugs start to kick in to take the cortisol levels down at the same time that the nervous system is, it's almost like getting a little reset, you know? So, um, so I discovered the overlap in, in Kundalini yoga because Kundalini yoga, you do these really intense things that kind of trigger the nervous system. But then at the same time, you're, you're, it's like a healthy. Um, so while, you know, you're doing something for 11 minutes, and you're like, holy shit. And, and your body would Typically, maybe go to fight or flight mode to try to think, oh, wait, we have to protect ourselves. It's like, no, actually, what we're doing is is training the body to realize that we are safe and and we can navigate through this. And so then it it sort of like goes, I call it going like in through the outdoor. It's like we we sort of poke. A little bit and and then instead of the body freaking out and and trying to like protect itself it's like it can actually drop in and relax and surrender and um and like that's where the the healing starts to begin yeah
0: sounds a lot like my anal 101 classes just drop in a little bit and check in <laughs> see if it's warm oh my goodness yeah
1: uh, oh um, anal sex is such a healing practice
0: oh yeah it is um so using Again, my experience with daddy, uh, our our BDSM scene was that we acted out a rape scene. Um, And he was like the submissive. And I would just come in and just like, fuck the shit out of you. And then I'm just going to leave your house right away. And he like got a lot out of it. I don't know what happened. Um, I've personally been in that position where I, uh, I was unable to bottom for quite a while due to, um, like, trauma from rape. And then I hired an escort to act out a scene with me where he would drug me, quote-unquote drug me. And what we did was that he would uh, use Splenda into my Coke, and I would pretend that, that was, like, a roofie. And then, you know, I'd just, like, submit... And there was just something about it that like made me so confident that I'm reshaping this traumatic memory that was making my butthole shut tight that I can reclaim power over that traumatic experience. And now I'm just a big gaping hole and I can swallow everything and anything that I want to, including butt plugs with flared bases. Um Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's happened my butthole it just swallows up the flared vase with it and all and it's oh god um but yeah like that that was uh really interesting to see how he reacts to bdsm and how that specific scene that we played out was healing for him physically and emotionally So I was wondering if you've seen kind of similar uh, experiences with your clients or in just your personal life, whatever.
1: Yeah. So in my personal life, um, and that was the game changing moment when I realized BDSM was not just some cool kinky, you know, area to, to play and enjoy sexuality. Um, I was at a BDSM club in Los Angeles that I had frequented and, and this woman was topping me and, um, and when it was done she was like i want to walk you around so people can see the marks around you and my first reaction was like fuck you i ain't your fucking like show pony and then i had to <laughs> like stop cuz i heard this like deeper inner voice that was like no this is a gift like this is an opportunity for people to witness your wounds and your pain, something that you've craved for so long because of abuse trauma, that I would bring to attention and, and people would ignore it. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And so I said yes, and it was the fucking game changer. I was like, holy shit. I, in the aftercare when we were done, I just fucking sobbed. I felt like I processed so much. It was so therapeutic to just have people be like, Oh wow. Ooh, wow. That must've really hurt. And just to validate like, yes, like I've experienced pain and it hurt. And, and to just like you said, to be able to kind of reclaim that, to take the story back and change the narrative and be like, but I chose this. I chose this. I engaged with it. I, uh, and now to be witnessed, it was, I was like, Holy shit, this is fucking therapy. Um, and so that's when I dove deeper into like, okay, so yeah, how does this relate on a therapeutic level? Um, how does it marry in with, with the yoga and the physicality and the way our blood furloughs and our executive function and all of these things that happen in our brain. Um, and it, it really does. I mean, it creates you trust in the body. It creates awareness. Like the shifts that I, I experienced in my physical stuff have been amazing. And then I've seen it with people, you know, I had people come in and Um, And they would have like porn addictions and they would be sitting there like banging their head. Oh, I'm such a terrible person. I'm like, you know what we could do instead of you literally like beating yourself up right now. We could actually (laughs) beat you up, walk walk through this shame, walk through the disgust, you know, and then embody being like, fuck, yes, you are a pervert. Fucking own it love it and then to come all the way through into that juicy aftercare into that like nurturing love of like yes I love you I love your slutty perverted disgusting I love all of that about you it is worthy it is absolutely valid and important and and I've seen just major shifts in people shifting yeah, addictive, had, uh, addictive habits uh, self-destructive patterns um, just internal conflicts especially out here I'm in Nashville. Um, there's a lot of like recovering religious trauma and these people who literally like, you know, they're, they were taught to worship this cross where this man that suffered and, and all this shit and this idea that they're like sinners and they're broken. And and it's like, yeah, let's use that. Like, you know, if you think you're some like horrible, wretched sinner, let's go there. Let's start in that place in that like war zone of this battle that you're having with yourself and then come out the other side where you realize that, that these are are opportunities for growth and and to accept and not just accept, but like fucking celebrate who you are.
0: Honestly, I need to be called a wretched sinner in order for me to reach climax. (laughs) It's the only way I can come. Call me a wretched sinner. Call me a faggot. Call me your cum dump. Just don't call me handsome. Please don't. (laughs) love that yeah. this one time i was hooking up with a guy and he called me nice i'm like oh totally
1: ruined no him for
0: <laughs> please don't ever call me nice ever <laughs> you don't know me <laughs> this is literally the first time we're meeting and he's like you're such a nice person um <laughs> you have no idea who i am baby <laughs> oh my god so Uh, Connecting it back to intimacy, BDSM and intimacy, they seem worlds apart, but at the same time, they seem to be the perfect intersection. So you can be intimate in a BDSM scene or a BDSM relationship?
1: Yeah. I mean, healthy BDSM relationships, so much intimacy is involved because you the amount of, of safer communication that you need, the consent and boundary conversations, the amount of trust, the amount of vulnerability to, to submit to somebody, to, to be in that space, even as a top, you know, like I'm, I'm a switch. I'm, I'm, I'm like 70, 30, like I'm 70% top and, and certain people I'll drop into that subspace with and yeah, to, to be in that space is so intimate because you really, it works best when you're willing to be your most authentic self and you're willing to be transparent and you're willing to just fucking dive in and let go and, and just trust the flow. So when I'm in a top space, um, you know, I often tell, I was like, you're not, you're not necessarily submitting to me, you're submitting to this goddess divine energy of the universe. Kind of like when I do Reiki on people, it's like, it's not my energy that I'm using. I'm using this great cosmic connective energy, however you want to define it. Um, that's moving through me. And I feel the same way when I'm, you know, topping somebody it's like, this energy that's moving through me is bigger than me. And you are learning to submit to the universe to trust in whatever's happening and its own divine timing and that you are safe in whatever's occurring or, or, you know, safer um, in whatever's happening that, and that the power of saying no, I mean, I've done sessions with people where I'll just like walk towards them and they just get to shout no because they just felt so disempowered for their, so much of their lives that that's the kink is like, I just get to yell no. And you walk away and you listen to me and you, you honor my no. Um, and so that was like a huge game changer for me. And I've seen it with other people of just getting to take the power back of your no to, to really see that in this submissive space, you are actually in control. Like, like a great fucking top knows that, that who's really running the show is the sub. The sub is really, you are following the sub for what, where you go and how deep you go. Um, and and that reverence for no being, this this powerful word of of claiming your your, oh, your essence. Yep. I mean, like yes. Personhood. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So oh, it's it's deeply cute. intimate. Um, I I tried to play once with somebody who I didn't really have an intimate vibe with, and I remember he was like count for me I was like I can fucking count for you I was like I don't fucking know you I was like we're done I'm like oh, <laughs> you you obviously don't know how I roll because I'm not counting like this is not you know some kind of circus act here I'm not like like yeah
0: Sesame Street today's scene is brought to you by the number nine yeah <laughs> just
1: like you know so so I think yeah intimacy is just like yeah like how do we relate how do we interact what works and my husband and I actually met um he has a foot fetish and, um, and was super into, to the idea of being like topped by this dominatrix and being like trampled on. And I had done a ton of foot fetish work back in Los Angeles. And, um, and so when we met, I was like, oh cool, I got this. And in the beginning it was really fun and I would drop into my space and he'd drop into subspace. But then over the years I was like, yeah, our dynamic has changed. So like when we play, it isn't the same and it isn't this like I'm in my mistress mode and he's in like sub mode the play has has shifted to become um yeah more more like on this like balanced uh space of 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 just like teasing and and just uh, like sprinkling it in as like a little spice in in our sexy time when when we're both like feeling in the mood so um so yeah i think you know intimacy plays a, a big role in in the way you interact you know what tops and bottoms, I mean, it changes, you know, and, and it changes depending on on the mood you're in and the headspace you're in and, and the mental health space you're in and what's happening with you physically. And, and there's so many factors. So, you know, it's so important to to really know yourself, to really have someone you're playing with who, who understands the aftercare um, and really has that down packed. Um, and, and just, yeah, the willingness to to stop repressing the things that you want, that you desire, that turn you on, um, and allow that to be seen is just so deeply vulnerable.
0: Yeah, and God knows, the, the scariest fucking thing ever, to be vulnerable, but not just yourself, but other people. Oh, God, I feel so naked just, like, talking about feelings and, like, oh God. One time, I actually, like, sobbed in front of my escort. I was talking to him because, like, in therapy right now, I'm uh, working through uh, overwhelming feelings of worthlessness. And we're going to unpack that at another episode, probably. Who knows? But um, anyway, so I have, like, this ingrained feeling uh, as a kid of feeling worthless. Like, I need to work for your relationship, for your admiration, for your love. I feel like I need to work for it because I need to earn it. You can't just love me for who I am. Like, you can't just, like you know appreciate me for tim no you need to appreciate tim the caring person tim the 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 nurse the the good top the good bottom i need to do all that in order for me to feel like i earned your love and respect and oh god seeing love and respect and worth as a transaction not healthy one bit Mm-mm. so having that intimate conversation was so scary and it it changed the dynamic of our client escort relationship you know and which kind of built into this new friend style kind of thing same with with daddy you know like um i'm i was like my original thought process was i'm going to use him for sex and i need to be his only sexual pleasure like his only source of sexual pleasure in order for me to feel like i earned it right so Oh, boy. Um, yeah, that's a huge it. one.
1: And I, I I, mean, I hate to point the finger at religion, but fucking religion screws us up so much Thank with this idea you. of holiness. Yeah. It is just yeah. like... I, I'm sure if you surveyed people at the root of this unworthiness story, is this, yeah, is this idea that there's some fucking God who forsake you and and flung you here to which you have to earn the right to be back in his love. And if, like, if that's your idea and you're raised by yeah. people who have that idea, yeah, it just plants some shitty, shitty seeds yeah. that, yeah, I
0: i was raised around that like where it was always like altruism first never think about yourself because if you think about yourself at one point even at least once you're selfish and you're gonna go to hell so you must always think about other people you must always be in the service of others or else i'm like okay fine i guess i'm gonna have to be you know serving people for the rest of my life and never think about myself one bit And look where that got me. Years of trauma and hundreds of thousands of dollars in therapy, but we're getting there.
1: I know. I feel like we should start a clash act and lawsuit against religions to pay for all the fucking therapy we've had to go through as a result of it being injured.
0: I will fully, like be like lagman versus the entire vatican city to pay for all of my fucking therapy bills (laughs)
1: legit
0: (sighs) for real shit is expensive yeah oh my god
1: but But yeah i mean Um, that's been a huge like i i worked with this woman and um and i was spanking her and having her scream i am a fucking goddess i am a worthy you know and just all of these like positive affirmations because yeah just to like be in that place to embody that and feel like without having to do anything, in fact, by being the smallest, weakest, meekest part of yourself, you are worthy. That part is even like even the parts of you that you think are most wretched are are worthy and valid. And so it was just I, I was loving it. I was like, yes, tell me you're a fucking goddess.
0: Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's actually kinda hot and like cute at the same time. And that that's so powerful. Like I, I don't know what that woman took out of it, but whatever it was, she I'm sure that she came out of that scene uh, a better person, like, so empowered. And uh, what a mind fuck to be, um, to, to be beaten up to a pulp and to come out of it like, yeah, that was fucking fun.
1: <laughs> and I love when I get to stay in touch with people to see. Yeah, so it's like she's gone off. She has like her own practice that she started. She started, um, doing, she's like into comedy and clowning, you know, she really started to let that take off. Like she really started to step into her own and just so beautiful to see when people like crack out of this, this shame and this, this self degrading crap that we do to ourselves and just to like flip that switch. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful joy. I I love it.
0: I love it too. Oh my God. So clearly there is so much power in BDSM and being intimate with not just yourself, but with others. And there there's just so many benefits to this that, you know what, skip out of therapy. Forget I ever go to therapy. Just go get yourself a dominatrix. <laughs>
1: Seriously. It's, you know, you get the right the right Dom who, who knows how to, to, to be both that, 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 you know, therapist and, and hold space. And, you know, and on a mental level, um, something I'm reading right now that I love is Existential Kink by, uh, Karen Elliott or Carolyn, Carolyn Elliott. Um, and it talks about like on the mental level, how we like secretly get off on our self-sabotaging habits. And so if you actually like dive in and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to eat this cake and it's going to be great and I'm going to like, it's fucking awesome. you know and it's like if you let yourself do that then you're not fighting against it and you'll find that you actually don't gravitate towards these habits
0: yeah oh oh my god that's a lot to take in uh, i'm gonna have to unpack this in therapy now <laughs> oh my goodness uh lots to think about lots to absorb and i feel like this is gonna be an episode to listen to over and over again um because there, there's just so many things about bdsm and intimacy that we have learned and we will continue to learn but uh miss christiane if there's one message that you want the listeners to take away from this episode please do so now give them something to take away tonight
1: you are so capable and your willingness to see how capable you are of changing and co-creating the life that you're experiencing, um, I, I invite you to, to play in that space and to explore it and to have fun. You have permission to play and discover yourself and what brings you joy. And so I, I really encourage you to, to take that invitation and run with it and see what it unfolds for you.
0: Aw, yay! Everybody, go out and play. Go be adventurous and explore your wild side. Let your freak flag fly. And always remember to use lots and lots of lube. Um, don't do what I did because I am just recovering from anal fissures. Um, <laughs> don't make my mistake. But um, speaking of anal stuff, Miss Christiane, please make like a butt and plug away anything that you want the listeners to find.
1: I love that. Well, um, I, yeah, I'm about to, or actually I guess the time this airs, it will have already launched. um, My website will have a membership area because we all know social media is sucking dick these days and not in the great way, uh, especially if you're a sex educator. So um, my website will have a membership area that will function like the Facebook with a wall where you can play and interact and talk and share and share fucking nipples without censoring things. Um and so I'm super excited about that. So you can find me at um Christy So that's C H R I S T I A N N E B E L A dot com. You can also uh find me at intimacyarchitect.com. Uh so yeah, so hit over to the websites. Um I also run a meetup group, uh, which is um meetup slash meetup.com slash uh sexual spirit that is all about sexuality and spirituality so yeah hit me up join join all the fun we're creating community where we are free to let those freak flag flies and and be our our most authentic selves
0: yay that's so awesome thank you so much miss Christiane bella you are amazing you're so full of knowledge i can't get enough of you i'm pretty sure the listeners won't get enough of you either so please everybody show your support Go to all of those sources. I'll put that in the show notes. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Because this is such good, free information for all of you guys. And, like, just we want you to get horny and we want you to have the best sex of your life. So, please, this the least you can do, just please give us a five star or whatever stars. Just show us some love. (laughs) And um, with that, I bid you all adieu and good night. It'll be to say, however, wherever you're listening from. And I will see you at the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin MacLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at clown and at SexEdWithTim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!